What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comics Interverse. My name is Dalton Wires, and I'm very excited to bring to you a brand new series here at Comics Interverse about The Last of Us. Um, and I'm with me along this journey is going to be Mr. Tom Westfall. What's up, buddy? Not much. I'm so excited. I'm excited, too. This has been three months now we've been planning to do this, and we're finally kicking it off. Oh, my God. I love this game so much. I think we both agree that this is our number one game of all time. It is. And, I mean, I say that being a Final Fantasy freak, a Skyrim junkie, and, you know, just about everything you think of, this is my favorite game. And I've been playing games since, like, birth. So. Right. I've only been playing for, like, seven years or so. Still a decent amount of time, I guess. Dude. Although I haven't played any of those older games that that you play a lot. Oh, my gosh. I've been playing since, like, I had... Uh, my uncle's in television, which was an Atari ripoff. Like yeah, I don't even know what that is. It had joust on it. That's how old it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I'm I'm like retro gaming. I did that in the day. So <laughs> I I play emulators and stuff all the time. So this is my favorite, and it had a lot to beat out, and it just blew them all out of the water. When I beat this game. I told my wife, I said, that was my, the favorite movie I've ever played. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because that's what this was. So Yeah, and watching some of the behind the scenes, it's almost as if they were acting for a movie, too. Oh, yeah. I didn't really know it was going to be like that. Oh, yeah. They, they really went above and beyond. Because in so many games, like, I don't know, Fallout comes to mind and things like that, you know, where you... They put the computer person in there, and then they make them move a certain way. No, they went full-on yeah. motion capture, and it's it was beautiful. You could really tell. Oh yeah, there's still plenty of footage I haven't yet I've yet to watch on YouTube, but I'm gonna probably go through all of it and learn so learn as much as I can about this game so we can talk about it. There you go. Now I do have the I have two versions of the platinum trophy on this game. I went back and played the PS3 version, and then I've got the. Of course, the remake Platinum, so I've done pretty much everything there is to do that is on the surface, and I'm sure there's a bunch of tiny things that we're going to discover that I had no idea was in there whenever I played through it, but um, we can get into the nitty-gritty here. So Naughty Dog is the uh, developing party on this one, and they've created a bunch of great games. Jack and Dexter, uh, the Uncharted series, which... One of my favorite series of all time. You've played those, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd, I admit I only played a little bit of Jack and Dexter, but of course I played Uncharted. I played all of them. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so. And, of course, we get to see Nolan North and Troy Baker team up, who of, I wouldn't say the most primitive um, voice actors, but definitely in the world of video games, very, very popular. Oh yeah, um, Troy Baker. Just looking up the things that he's done, uh, it's amazing, uh, guys. If you don't know who Troy Baker is, look him up because this dude, uh, I've got to hear. He's been in at least ten things you have seen, and you probably don't even know that it was his voice on them. Uh, he's also an alternative rock band uh, vocalist, and I, I haven't listened to it yet. He's got two bands he sings with, and I want to hear it. Uh, he's been on just about every popular anime that you have or haven't heard of uh, because of his voice. And he... Okay, so he's Joker on the Batman Unlimited, uh, which is a web series. 
Uh, but he's also the voice of Batman and Two-Face. <laughs> so, when you can play Joker and Batman, you know you're talented. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he does He does those again. He's also Bruce Wayne in uh, the Telltale series, both of them. Yep. He also does Tim Drake in Arkham City. He plays Joker in Arkham Origins. Uh, Magni in God of War. And in this new upcoming Avengers game, he's also going to be the voice of Bruce Banner. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, oh and, and Sam Drake in, in Uncharted 4. Yep, there you go. Um, and Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I've seen. Uh, he is Batman and the Joker <laughs> in the same movie. <laughs> so, Oh, really? Yes. He's Batman and the Joker. I actually haven't seen that. That sounds kind of funny, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's everything you would expect it to be. I'm sorry. So it's, I don't need to watch it. Oh, dude, as a as a fellow Ninja Turtle freak, I've got to I've got to say, yeah, I'd, I'd vouch for it. Okay. So, uh, well, for anyone unfamiliar with um, The Last of Us, it is of course PlayStation exclusive, developed by Naughty Dog. Sony Computer Entertainment was the publisher. Here, basically, this is an action adventure survival horror video game, and is played from a third person's perspective. Play a couple of different characters, and we're about to get into those. But first, let's talk about the money real quick because this is insane. So, within seven days of its initial release in uh, 2013 on the PlayStation 3, it sold over 1.3 million units in a week. That's insane. Shattered. Shattered PlayStation records. That is insane. And I think as of mid 2019, I think that's when these stats were updated. 17 million units on the PS3, 3 million units of the remastered version for a total of over 20 million. I had both. I had PS3 and PS4 versions. Yep, I did too. Yep. And, and that's I- just that's just on the PlayStation console. No other console PC does not have this. It's only on PlayStation. Yep. And I'm I'm going to tell you this. I, I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to play it. Uh, the online stuff is really freaking good. I love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm a big like multiplayer fan on that. So I hate doing any kind of MMO multiplayer thing, but I, I played this one. It's not that bad. <laughs> For someone who hates it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you'll never find me on Warzone. No. Or Fortnite. Never. No, I hate Fortnite, and I don't like Call of Duty or anything like that. But on this, I am all over it. So we were talking about Troy Baker just a minute ago. Both of us are pretty big fans. He plays uh, Joel, who is... I would, some would say the main character. I would I would argue he's not the main character. I would argue he is the second, secondary character. What do you think on that? You know, I, I want to say he's the main character, but it's like a hand-in-hand thing. Uh, I'd say there's two main characters um, because, you know, you can't have one without the other. Uh, and we'll get into the other here in a moment. Um, you can't really call him, the, I mean, the protagonist because, I don't know, he's he's the he's the anti-hero, kind of, uh, during parts of it. We'll discuss that later on because he's, he's not all perfect, and I love that about him. You know, um, Nathan Drake, for all his roguish charm, you know, he, in the Uncharted series, he was still, you know, really solid and moral and ethical, you know, and stood up for everything. Yeah. Joel's got some darkness in him, and he's been oh, through a sure. lot. Yeah, and so, and we'll discuss that as we go on. Uh, I, I love how complex this character is. 
it's really good and another really good character and one of my favorites so much so that if i have a daughter which we don't know yet my wife is pregnant we don't know if whether what she's gonna be we're gonna name our daughter ellie if she is born a girl and so this is one of my this is my all-time favorite video game character and she's so deep and she's so complex even though she's kind of got this air of innocence about her and i think ashley johnson does an absolutely fantastic job voicing her motion capture just being who this character is oh yeah she really does because i mean and i love that she can go from cussing like a freaking you know drunk sailor <laughs> with tourettes to all of a sudden you're like oh <laughs> so it's it's really good and she's got the perfect voice like one minute she's cussing out one of the characters you know i am none of your mother f and gd business and then the other second she's like come on man it's just like holy crap i know and the truck scene when she's got the uh the magazine (laughs) the comedy (laughs) i want to see what all the fuzz is about oh man (laughs) oh my gosh Uh, yeah the characters are great ashley johnson uh, what i remember her most for the first time i ever really saw her notice her in a role she was if you guys can't remember that name uh in what women want with mel gibson she played the daughter uh and uh i thought she did a great job with that did you guys know and dalton did you know this uh, ellie actually looked different when they first did this game i didn't know this until you told me about that yeah she actually ellie's figure uh previously she had a sharper jaw she had a sharper jawline she's 14 years old she had a sharper jawline. She had dark hair uh, and uh, just a couple little freckles, like on her top of her cheeks. And she looked a lot like actress Ellen Page, who took notice of this primarily because it was pointed out to her, and she was also capturing and recording another game called Beyond Two Souls at the time. Uh, so she accused Neil Druckmann of ripping off her identity and her facial features and to be fair like i just said it looked a lot like her i actually played the demo when this game came out and uh i remember like thinking that dude that's ellen page and all the way and when they first announced beyond two souls i was like oh man they really changed up that last of this game <laughs> and so yeah they did a smart decision by changing it up ellie's now she's got lighter hair with some like reddish uh, copper thrown in a lot more freckles her cheeks are a little bit more fuller and her she got a more babyish figure to her face and they made her eyes a different color so i mean they changed her up quite a bit if you can see uh if you see the pictures of them before and after yeah you showed me that i was taking them back um so I actually have not seen her in anything else, but I just learned this, and I, I think I briefly remember you talking about this, or maybe I imagined it. She was in the Avengers movie. Yep, she was the waitress. Yep, she was the uh, one yeah. that... Cap okay, saved. you did talk about that then. Yep, she was the one that Cap saved. Yeah, she was uh, toward the end of the yeah, movie. Okay, so now I'm going to have to go back and look at that. Oh yeah, toward the end of the movie, they have that uh, the guys interviewing her and... Uh, She's saying, like, yeah, Captain America saved my life, and yada, yada, yada. So, and they actually, uh, there was a rumor when that movie first came out that that was going to be Agent Carter's, like, great-granddaughter or granddaughter. But then they kind of reversed on that, and they didn't really do anything with her. 
So I don't know what happened there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently she has a role playing that same character in the video in the Lego video game version. <laughs> oh, there you go. Beth the Waitress. Beth the Waitress. That's a weird Someone name. that you mentioned it is, I agree. <laughs> how, how do you get that last name? Anyway. Um so someone you mentioned in passing that we didn't explain to the listeners was Neil Druckmann. He was he's basically the writer and the director of this movie or, or movie. <laughs> this video game. <laughs> it, it, it's is, basically a movie. It really is. It's a movie. Uh, but he's I, the the genius behind everything here. Yeah, and it is genius. And to be honest, I mean, because and while we're on the topic, they are going to be making this an HBO miniseries. They, they've said uh, we've yeah. been we've been promised things before, so I'm not going to put too much stock in it yet. Even though I am really excited, but uh, I cannot wait. And it's actually going to be directed by Dragman and by the same guy that did Chernobyl. So <laughs> I'm super excited. Oh, Drugman's actually involved with the show as well. That's uh, that's what I've heard. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. So I'm super excited. Uh, Neil Drugman. What else uh, has he done? Let's see. He uh, he did Uncharted series. He did, uh, apparently he was involved in the chart yep. one and two. Uh, you got do you got a list of stuff he's done? I don't have it in front of me. I don't have it, but I can get it very quickly. Let's see. I know that he has in his career. Clicky click. He did uh, Jack Three. Um, that looks like that was his first one with Naughty Dog, and then he moved on to Uncharted One, Uncharted Two, Uncharted Four. He did not touch Uncharted Three. Um, Uncharted: The Lost Legacy. He was the head of narrative development. So in all of those games, he was only a game designer, a gameplay programmer, or a co-writer. And then his credits on The Last of Us are creative director and writer, as well as Uncharted 4 uh, and The Last of Us Part 2 that's coming up. That's cool. You know that he actually, it looks like, I was going through here, uh, they did a graphic novel series of The Last of Us called American Dreams. Uh, he mm-hmm. actually was a writer in that as well. So it's uh, it's Ellie Post, uh, well, pre well, we'll discuss that. I actually have no idea what you're talking about. Really? I read it. It's four, it's, uh, four novels. It's pretty good. Okay. I might have to check that out, actually. Yep. Uh, we've got a couple more characters that we meet in the prologue. Um, there's a few that we won't get to here in the prologue yet that are going to be major characters. But uh, The next one would be Tommy, who is played by Jeffrey Pierce, who also does a pretty good job. Oh yeah, he does a really good job. I thought, and um, I'm not really familiar with any of his uh, acting on camera, but there is quite a bit, a lot of it. I, I looked it up, and there's a huge list of movie and TV appearances. Um, you're going to recognize his voice, I'm sure, if you play the Call of Duty games. Uh, apparently, he's in pretty much all of them that I've seen as a pretty recurring or regular character. Uh, but uh, yeah, like I said, Call of Duty. Not my thing, mostly because I really, really suck at them. So, <laughs> same. I mean, you saw me aiming on when we were playing this game together. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, that was pretty sad for you. <laughs> I just can't shoot with a damn. I'm a strategy and that kind of thing guy. That's yeah. why I always play on grounded. That way, I can just sneak past everybody. I don't have to shoot anything. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but one thing I did want to mention: Jeffrey Pierce. He he had a lead in. Uh, 
a game that was surprisingly halfway decent, uh, The Bourne Conspiracy. Uh, he played, actually, he played Jason Bourne in that game, so. See, I never got to play that game. I loved the uh, movie series. Uh, I never played the game, though. I played it back in, like, 2013 when I first started playing. It was, like, one of the first games that I played because I'd already watched the movies. I remember liking it. I, I could play it now and hate it, but I remember liking it back then whenever I didn't really know what I was looking for in a video game. There you go. Moving into the next one, Sarah. This oh is a tough God. character to talk about. Yep. Hannah Hayes uh, shot this. All the motion capture, all the action, action, all of the voice. She did this when she was 14 years old. And... You're gonna. We're gonna talk about why that's so freaking amazing here in a moment. But uh, her and Troy Baker built such an amazing bond. Uh, one second, my alarm's about to go off on my phone. Hold on. Silence ye. Okay, sorry. All right, yeah, they built such an amazing bond uh, just in this game. Uh, just filming all of this and watching the YouTube videos. Uh, they've done many with uh, Troy Baker and Nolan North and Hannah Hayes playing the prologue and things like that. And there are parts where they're just playing it and they just hugging on each other the entire time. They're like a father and daughter just watching them. It's really sweet. So, uh, yeah, it, it, you're going to have to check it out after you play the game for yourself, obviously. So, Yeah, don't do anything until you just do a blind playthrough, for yeah. sure. As a matter of fact, if you have not played this game, what the hell are you doing with your life as a gamer? So. Don't be like Andrew and not have a PlayStation. No. He's a gamer, but he only games on Xbox, which is really sad to me. Because, like, 80% of my gaming library is PlayStation exclusives. Like, what the hell would I do with an Xbox? I would only play Assassin's Creed. <laughs> there you go. That's the only thing that, on, that I play that's on Xbox. I uh, actually just made a joke about him on Facebook a moment ago. I said that he keeps asking me to be his DD, but I keep telling him I'm epileptic, and he keeps saying that he doesn't care what my religious views are. I don't think he understands. <laughs> <laughs> so. That sounds like him. <laughs> I think those... Let's see. We got Joel, Ellie, Tommy, Sarah. Those are the only four characters in the prologue. So yep. now we need to dive kind of into the gameplay for the prologue and the story here that takes place, which is unbelievable. It's it's a very gripping, a very hooking uh, prologue. It doesn't last very long. What does it take, like, 10, 15 minutes to get through? If, even, if you're, even if you're exploring everything, it only takes a little bit of time. I think at the average time it takes, you know, if you're just walking around making sure you get everything, it's about 17 minutes. Okay, that sounds about right, yeah. And there's no collectibles in this prologue, so basically... You're playing as Sarah, which is Joel's daughter, for the first half. Uh, I forget how old she is in this. Does it say how old she is? She's really young. Yeah, I think she's 12. 12, uh, yeah. Yeah, and she's uh, she's asleep on the couch, and uh, her dad comes in the door. And, uh, yeah, wakes up, and you know, he's talking to Tommy on the phone. You don't even know who Tommy is at this point. So... Uh, I didn't know how you wanted to take that. Do you want to just describe the scene and? Yeah, take it away, man. You no, know, I was gonna dive say, into it. Well, uh, he, he walks in the door. He's talking to Tommy about the contractor and everything. So you can tell he does some kind of construction work or something like that. And uh, he uh, sits down and Sarah's like, "You know, you're having a rough day." And he's like, "What are you doing? It's way too late." 
and she looks up at the clock like, oh crap and it's right before midnight and he, she's like it's still you know it's still your birthday it's still today so she pulls out a birthday present for him and it's a watch it's real sweet they have a little moment together uh, and uh, she <laughs> he asks well, how'd you get the money to pay for this and she's like <laughs> drugs I sell hardcore drugs and they do the accents the Texas accents perfect Troy Baker has got that accent and Hannah Hayes pulled off that accent great and being from Oklahoma and Arkansas you know there is a difference in southern accents and oh, they, yeah. they got Texas good right there and uh, they, well they're they're supposed to be from Austin so they, sounds about right yeah. uh, Joel carries Sarah upstairs and the music oh my god guys the music in this game uh, what was his name who, who did the music for this oh why would you ask me that that's terrible of you I uh, know I just had it is it Gustav? No. What's his name? Uh, the last of his music. Come on. Uh, composer is Gustavo Santawala. Santawala? Santawala. Santawala? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Gustavo. Yeah, it's Gustavo. Anyway, the music in it, it's got this thrum of some bass, but it's got this picking of guitar. It's just slow and, you know, beautiful. And uh, by the way, at the very beginning of the game, like when the loading screen is on, you just see this little cloud of dust and you don't know what's going on. And that's important later on. But you just see this little cloud right. of dust going by. Um, so Joel, when Sarah falls asleep, he picks her up and he carries her up the stairs. And he puts her on the bed and he moves some hair out of her face and he says, Good night, baby girl. And walks away. And apparently... That was not scripted. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't learn that until I watched the definitive playthrough. That's really cool. And on uh, retro replay, because they use the baby girl later on, and uh, oh, yeah. Neil Druckmann just loved it. And uh, yeah, I can see that because I mean it's it's very fluid. Like just seeing it right there, you're just like, oh man, that's like a father oh, yeah, daughter. Great. Yeah, and uh, it goes dark. And boom, the phone rings. And Sarah wakes up, answers the little, you know, cordless landline. For all you young kids out there, a landline? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> so she picks up the phone and she's like, hello. And it's Tommy. And it's like three in the morning or something like that. And Tommy's like, Sarah, you know, get your daddy on the phone. I need to talk to him. And uh, she's like, Uncle Tommy, what time is it? And he's like, get your daddy. I need to talk. And then boom, the line goes dead. And, you know, she's like, okay, that was weird. And then she gets to walk around her room. You actually see, if you look in the corner of the room, you got Joel's birthday card over there. She gets to read it. And then uh, she goes out in the hallway, and I'll let you, Dalton, take it from here. So, basically, the first place you're going to go to is, like, a little bathroom across the way, and there's nothing really special in there. There is a little uh, a newspaper talking about the break the breakout of uh, the cordyceps that's going on. Or no, it's uh, something about increase in people going to the hospital. Something like that. Some kind of hint yep. that there's something going on from the CDC. And then you'll you'll go out of the bathroom. You'll go into Joel's bedroom, and the light from the TV is cast into the hallway. Uh, she'll she'll open the door, and you'll see on the news that there's a fire downtown, and there's a gas leak, as mentioned. And then there's an explosion, and then everything goes to static. And then you can look to the left, and it'll prompt you look out the window and you'll see that explosion 
in real life. And there's actually a second explosion right next to it. And yeah. this is kind of when we see Sarah kind of start to panic a little bit. She's been just kind of, you know, the sleepy young kid wandering around the house looking for their mom and mom and dad. Now she's kind of scared. One thing about this that I loved was that Naughty Dog went all out. And it wasn't just on the remastered version. It was on the original version, too. Like, when she's walking into the room and the door's cracked, the light from the TV is shining out in the hallway just like it would. There are reflections around the room just like they would reflect. Uh, things in like are actually mirrored in mirrors. It's not just the mirror. It's not just another perspective of the person. You like the words on shirts and things are mirrored, and just holy crap! The job that they did with this game was incredible. When you walk up to a window, you will see your reflection if you get close enough. If light's shining on you, I mean, holy yeah. crap! Attention to detail is outstanding. Yeah, and it just makes the like tension of the situation because there's nothing in the background. You, when that explosion first happens, uh, if you look out the window, you can see the first explosion while it's happening on the TV. Yeah. And, and then if you hit L3, the second explosion, you know, it pops it. Uh, the the whole thing is just so cool. And at that moment, she's like, "Dad," you know, and she's scared and. Uh, it's just dead quiet and you're just this little girl walking around her house looking for her dad while this is going on and she has no idea what's about to happen nope shit's going crazy so she goes all the way downstairs to the bottom floor and we see that Tommy's calling Joel's phone his his cell phone that he left and we don't know where he is but he's not at the house so we can explore downstairs there's not a whole lot to look at but there's some pictures on the wall that uh, I had fun looking at just seeing you know, funny things, and we can see a calendar in September, so we know that September is the month that this is all going down. Didn't you say they have like an outbreak day or something that they know what day it was? Yeah, they have an outbreak day because yeah, and this is the day after Joel's birthday too. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, uh, outbreak day. Uh, I'm gonna have to look it up on my phone. September 26th is outbreak day. That's so funny because okay. I have an ex-girlfriend whose birthday is September 25th. <laughs> So, so same day as Joel. There you go. Uh, and yeah. Well, anyway, so uh, yeah, the outbreak day. Uh, so that being said, obviously you know what's about to happen. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Outbreak day. So yeah, his phone says like what thirteen missed calls or something like that. Yeah, and a bunch of text messages to yeah. say where the hell are you? Call me. Yeah, on my way. And so she doesn't know what's going on and dude you so you go throughout the house uh not much oh and then you go by the window and as you do these cops just go blazing by yeah and dude the uh the sirens the lights on the windows look so cool to me like i'm paying attention to the you know technical aspects of the game that i go through it's just beautiful um when he opens the when she opens the office door though, Joel comes in through the sliding glass door, scared the freaking crap out of me the first time I played the game. That part did? Yes, because I didn't know what was coming. I was just like, you know, and I'm like, oh, there's an open door, and then all of a sudden this person ran through, and you and I, you, from all the publicity you see of the game and the demo, you know that there's going to be quote unquote some type of zombie or whatever that's coming through. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. <laughs> so 
Yeah, that scared me. That's fair, I guess. I don't know. This part never scared me. It just kind of gripped me and had me on the edge of my seat wondering what's going to happen next. Oh, man. Anxiety through the roof. And when the... I don't want to call it a zombie. When the infected guy slams into the sliding room, sliding glass door, that oh. did make me jump. Oh, yeah. Because you're sitting there, and they position it that way, where uh, Sarah is talking to Joel, because Joel's like, you know, where are you going to stay away from the you know, door? It's it's the uh, neighbors, the, what do you call them, the Petersons, or the... Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's something wrong with them. I think they're sick. And she's like, what kind of sick? And all of a sudden, wham! Right behind you, and it your character turns around all of a sudden really scared and uh the coopers yeah that's what they are uh, that's it the coopers yeah yeah and uh this guy's hitting the door and he's got blood all over him and uh joel starts oh, jimmy stay away and uh he breaks through the glass and joel puts him down with a revolver and, and jimmy uh, cooper is the first casualty yep and uh, Sarah's like obviously taken aback. She's like, "You shot him!" Like, and and you can hear her voice like shaking too. Oh yeah, she's terrified. And Hannah Hayes just did an amazing job with that because that's how any kid would react. I mean, and she he, he's like Sarah, and he, she's like, "I saw him this morning." <laughs> you know, she's dealing with the fact that holy crap, that just happened. I just saw him this morning. He was fine, and now yeah. this happened. Which is what anyone would do. And uh, he's like, we've got to get out of here, you understand? And uh, Tommy pulls up in the truck. You see the lights go through the blinds of the window, which again was holy freaking crap. So uh, then they're getting out of there. Yeah, they're ready to get the hell out. And I guess that you said something about this, that this was kind of a... That Tommy and... Joel, whenever the actors were sitting there, they were just having a regular conversation. Like, they, this wasn't scripted at all. They were just told to have a regular conversation about what was going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. Uh, Neil Druckmann just told them, all right, because they, they just had them in their little place where they were acting like they were driving the car in the green screen with the, you know, suits with the balls on them and everything. And they said, all right, I want you to imagine this is the situation that you're in. You have a conversation. And they did it. And that situation, and I'm sure you can talk about it, uh, with the, you know, car uh, on the side of the road, that was improvised. That wasn't going to be in the game. Oh, yeah, the the family walking on the side of the road? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That That's just so cool. Uh, there's a part where Tommy and Joel are sitting there, and, and he's like, hey, you want to listen to... Sarah's like, can we turn on the radio? And uh, he's like, sure. And they turn it on, and the all the radio stations are gone. And uh, he's like, radio's gone. He was an hour ago. They wouldn't shut up. And uh, he's talking about how they found this one family all twisted and mangled. And Joel's like, you know, Tommy shuts him up because Sarah's in the background and can hear it all. He's like, right, sorry. And it's just cool because, you know, as a parent, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, man, I wouldn't want my kid to hear about this crap. Even though it's going on around us, I don't want to expose her any more than I have to. Then I've already scarred her. So. Yeah. And so basically they're in a, in a vehicle and they're trying to get the hell out. But we need to go back to the where they're on the side when they're driving and they see the family on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. This is the first 
time that the player is brought into a really ethical battle with themselves. Like, they can't decide on what to do, but this leaves them either when we should have picked them up or we shouldn't have picked them up. Yeah, you get these ethical conundrums and they pop up all over the game. Um, these moments when you're like, I don't know what you should have done because as you're driving by, this family's on the side of the road and they've obviously the cars crashed or something like that. I can't remember what exactly it was. But this guy's screaming, hey, help us. And, you know, they've got a kid with them and stuff. And Tommy starts to slow down. He goes, let's see what they need. And Joe's like, no, keep driving. And he's like, they've got a kid. And he goes, so do we. You know, keep driving. And the guy's screaming for him to stop and come back. And uh, Tommy, he's like, All right, Joe says, you ain't seen what I've seen. Yeah. And Sarah's like, we should have helped him. And it, because Sarah's the sweet, innocent kid and I went back and forth about this because honestly I don't know what I would have done in that situation I mean what do you think you would have done your kid's in the car if, if my kid's in the car if I know knowing what I know about the virus at this point about the cordyceps I would have picked them up because obviously they're not infected at this point now at that point when I didn't understand what was going on I, I think I probably would have drove off the same as they did yeah it's just because I, I don't know, you yeah. know, and you can't really take that chance. Nope. So they're they're trying to go down 71, and apparently everyone in Austin, Texas, had the exact same idea uh, because the road's blocked. And they witnessed this guy get out of his car, and all of a sudden, an infected guy runs up to him and attacks him. And they decide they're going to get the hell out of there. They put it in reverse, and they back out, and they start going a different direction. Until eventually, I mean, well, they're basically trying to run through people because there's people running freaking everywhere, going nuts, but they're still driving until they run into another car. A car T-bones them. Oh, and this man. is where it changes everything because now we're going to take control of Joel after this. Yeah. And that part, because <laughs> the, the part with Jimmy Cooper, that, that got a jump out of me. Mm-hmm. But you're sitting there, you're crossing this intersection. And all of a sudden, Sarah says, look out. And you look over, and there's like a, it was like a bus or something hits you. And uh, it really jars you. And, like, uh, dude, it was, it was really good. And then uh, Sarah wakes up and wakes up her dad. Tommy's not in the car anymore. The car's on its side. The window's broken. And there's a infected person just ripping another person in a car to shreds across the way. And uh, gets uh, and Joel, you know, says stay back. You know, holds on to the hood, and then you start taking control of Joel, and you kick the windshield out to get out. And as you're getting Sarah out, the infected guy comes up and starts attacking you, and you're holding him back with your arm. And uh, Tommy comes up, smacks him in the head with a brick, and uh, now shit's hitting the fan. Because this is like when everything's about to go crazy. Because Sarah, her leg, it seems, is broken. Uh, and uh, and I did notice this when I played through. Uh, later on, they're going to talk about Joel's watch being broken. And I noticed, Walton, you put a note in here about it, too. Mm-hmm. It isn't broken at this point. Do they ever talk about that? I didn't ever I, notice. I, I don't think it does. I think whenever we're... The first time they say that it's broken is the first time that we see that it's broken. It's whenever she, he's with Ellie and she says, by the way, your watch is broken. 
Right. There I you think go. This the fr- we don't actually know the story about how it got broken yet. Yep. It's... Yeah. So, uh, he has to carry Sarah, so he hands Tommy his revolver. Says, keep us safe. At this point, it is mass hysteria. And it's just like what you would expect in, like, a zombie apocalypse. Uh, and like we said, these aren't really zombies. They're infected. And we'll explain that. But the, uh, it's, people are going crazy, screaming, yelling. There's bloodshed. There's just psychosis. There's cars exploding, catching on fire. I, the adrenaline was really going through me when I first played this. Oh, yeah. And you're just on the edge of your seat. Like, every hair in your body standing up. Like, holy crap. Because even in, like, the first 10 minutes of the game like Sarah you already you like I love this child because they she does a great job acting she looks like a real little girl and she's so freaking funny and sweet I mean telling her dad she sells hardcore drugs to get him a birthday present <laughs> so, anyway like you're just going through this stuff and you have no control over it you just have to run where it's telling you to run and if you fall back you die you have mm-hmm. to follow Tommy or you die. You have to stay away from other infected or you die. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it, this part's crazy. So, uh, they eventually get to a bar and, uh, they run in and Tommy has to hold the door and the infected are trying to get in. He tells them, go on, you know, get to the highway. And Joel's like, you know, I, I, you know, I don't want to leave you. And Tom is like, you know, go. You've got Sarah. I can outrun him. And he's like, okay, I'll meet you there. And he takes off. And Sarah's crying, saying, we can't leave him. And it's just so intense. Holy crap. This game. It gets you. Jeez. I mean, it, it's one of those things you got to experience. Yeah, it's it's really gripping. Have you, have you played Days Gone yet? I have not played it yet. So, Days Gone has a similar premise where it's like a zombie apocalypse thing. And the beginning of that game is just as good as, as this prologue. Then I'm going to have to play it. It's In terms of, like, hooking you. Yeah, I'm definitely going now. It's a lot bigger world, though. And it's a lot more open world. It's not as uh, linear, linear as The yeah. Last of Us. So it takes yeah. a lot longer to play, and I love it. Yeah, I am more open world games when it comes to stuff like I'm I'm the level grinder RPG guy. I you yeah. know, when I go up to the last boss, the last boss is like, oh shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the uh, so me playing a linear game like this and saying it's my favorite, like it had to jump through a bunch of barriers to get there. I agree, uh, yeah. Um So yeah, they show Joel running at the highway and when he when he passes there's an ambulance that's on its side as he's mm-hmm. running through there and he has to go you know to an underpass and everything like that and the infected are right on your heels and you can hear them and dude if you are wearing some because i've got those playstation gold uh you know headset where it's like 360 mm-hmm. degree sound and you hear them breathing right on your heels and you're like oh my god i'm gonna die i'm gonna die i'm gonna die i'm gonna die and if you let go of that control stick for a second you will die Mm-hmm. And you see their shadows behind you from the lights reflecting off of the ambulance, which is freaking incredible once again. And it's not just one shadow because it's two headlights. So there's two shadows. And once again, 
who thinks of crap like that? Naughty Dog, I guess. But holy crap. Um, and uh, you come over to Hillside and you get your first cutscene. Dalton, you want to take this one? Man, why would you do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, we've been running with Joel down this all, all the way to the highway, and we're stopped by a man that's wearing a hazmat suit and he's holding a rifle. And he he talks to uh, his superiors over a walkie-talkie because uh, you know Joel's like, hey, we we need some help. She's hurt, and he consults with I guess we would assume it's his bosses or someone who's in charge. And he's arguing with them because apparently. He's been told to eliminate them. Yeah. And he's arguing with them. He's like, oh, there's a little girl. Yeah. It, the way he says it, too, because that's what's so great is you don't hear what the guy says. But he's like, you know, the girl's uh, Sarah's like, you know, what about Uncle Tommy? He's like, we're going to get you safe. We're going to go back for him. And the guy mm-hmm. goes, but sir, there's a little girl. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's when you know something bad about him. Yep, and Joel can see it too. And what's so great is that they got the facial expressions so well. Oh, yeah. Because you see it in his face. Like, you see his face sink. Like, oh, no. And he knows what's happening. And the guy's like, but, yes, sir. And he he pulls up his rifle. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dude. He's got an an automatic rifle, too. So he gets off several shots in a very short amount of time. Yep. And... Joel's like, you know, listen, buddy, we've just been through hell. All we need is, and he's like, oh shit. And he's the guy who puts the sights on him, and he turns around, and you hear him and Sarah both shout out, and they roll down a hill, and the guy comes up to finish the job on Joel, and Joel holds his hand up like, you know, please don't, and then, pow, guy's head gets blown off, and it's uh, Tommy with the revolver, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> And then you hear Tommy go, oh no. And you're like, no. <laughs> and every freaking fiber of my body just died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what were you thinking of this part? Mike, you, you could feel your chest get heavy. Yep. Cause, and you can get, you get chills because you know what just happened. And whenever you're listening to Joel progress through what he's doing here, he's like, he, he realizes she's been shot. And then he's denying it, and then he's accepting it, and then he's mourning. And you can feel that progression just from Troy Baker's sounds that he's making. And it's unbelievable. I'm getting chills talking about it right now. That's how good this shit is. And Hannah Hayes, dude, Sarah, she is crying, and she's shot, like, in the abdomen, and at least once. And he's like, come on, baby, let me see it. I know it hurts. I'm sorry. I'm just going to pick you up. You know, and he's picking his daughter up. And she's crying and crying, and he's trying to console her. And Tommy, he looks at Tommy for help because he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And then you hear Sarah's last death whine when it just her voice just goes out of her, and he just looks down at her, and it just gets you right in the freaking chest. Holy crap! Makes me choke up just thinking about it. Because that moment, like right there, it was just like holy shit. I've never had a game do That's that. That's when you thing. knew you were going to love this game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I hated it so much. Because the thing is is that the, the the whole thing I knew about the game is I just played that little demo, and it didn't really give you much information. 
And then I, it was a few months until the game came out, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to play this game. And the game, the only thing I'd seen was the, uh, you know, art on the front of the cover. And it shows Joel mm-hmm. and a girl. And honestly, I thought the girl was Sarah. And so when this happened, I wasn't prepared. Right. I was not prepared at all. And the music is that slow picking guitar and that little line in the background. And I don't know if we can even play any part of it because I'm sure it's copyrighted up and down. But, like, it's so good. And uh, it hits, and Joel is crying, and he's just like praying to God, please, God, no, don't, please, God, please, God, no. And it's just heartbreaking. And oh my God, Troy Baker. <laughs> Every freaking yeah, parent was probably bawling their eyes off of that parent point. Everybody. Oh, it just hits me so hard. I've got two girls. I can't, it just, I'm even thinking about that. Ugh. Well, that's the hook. Yep. It's like the first 15 freaking minutes of, you know, it's like the first 10, 15 minutes of Up, the end of Coco, and the furnace on Toy Story 3 all together, okay? <laughs> that's what that was for me. It was terrible. It's like, it's like when you have to put your first favorite pet down. I mean, that's how bad it is. <laughs> so, and, yeah, it, damn. Yeah, and then uh, and then it just fades to black in title screen, and it's at that point you get the title of the game. After all that, you get the title of the game, and you get the music, man. Mm-hmm. And so. then the uh, I I think they do an awesome job because at this point you start hearing the reports. Uh, the news reports and you see the fungus the cordyceps and uh, how it's spreading and everything like that and uh, they start talking about how the World Health Organization has reported this this and this blah 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 blah, blah. and then you hear about this group called the Fireflies they're a uh, they, what do they call them a bioterrorist group something no what do they call them uh- I don't know what they call them, but in order to explain what they are, they're basically just a faction that's fighting against the military who's trying to route, who's trying to keep everybody in check. Yeah, basically... Yeah. Rebels, I guess. Yeah, and we'll get into it when we go into Chapter 1, but we start talking about... Basically, they militarize all these zones, and the Fireflies are the ones that are trying to fight against the militarization of everything. And, you know, it's it's one of those situations that I like where there's not a right answer just like Democrats Republicans <laughs> so, I don't know it's it's really really good and like after that first 15 to 20 minutes of game though I hated Neil Druckmann <laughs> <laughs> it's like why would you do this to me yeah, I have an opposite feeling about that stuff. Like a lot of people would say, like you're like, oh, why would you do that? I hate it. But for me, it's like, wow, that's ballsy, and I love it. And I oh, can't yeah. wait to see what ballsy moves he's about to pull in The Last of Us Part Two, because I know there's been some spoilers out there, and I know you haven't read them, but it's got a lot of people in an uproar, and I'm over here like, this is going to be the greatest game of this generation, without a doubt. Oh, it will. And they're already talking about how that the spoiler wasn't as big as a spoiler as people thought it was. Uh, no, it's I. I think so too. Like, I can't really compare it to anything, but because I don't want to, I don't want to do too much. So, 
But I know, according to my phone, the countdown that I've got huge letters on the front of my screen. It's one month, five days, four hours, 97 seconds until we get this game. <laughs> have you ever looked forward to a game so much in your life? No, I have never. This is the first time I have ever pre-ordered the Steelbook Special Edition of a video game. Yep, and I, uh, I'm probably going to be following suit. I'm probably going to, you know, pre-order at least the Special Edition. Um, you know, depending on. <laughs> If we get full time before then, uh, yeah. and I think it's so great, so great that we're doing this podcast during a quarantine. <laughs> I know the first one I've ever been a part of. Yep. So the uh, you know, and I don't know. Are we going to explain just chapter one what all the quarterships are about and everything like that? Or are we going to talk about it now? Oh well, yeah, we can we can talk about it now just to try to. Let everyone know what's going to happen. That way, we can just jump straight into the story and the characters and the gameplay mechanics of the of chapter two or chapter one. Because this is what I love about this game so much. This could happen. Yeah, it definitely could. And that's what's scary. Because cordyceps are a real thing, and if you don't know what they are, look them up. It, they are it's this fungus that spreads in the air through spores that insects inhale uh, like praying mantises for example that's a big one they take over their brain and basically make them zombies and when they die they sprout mushrooms from their bodies which release more spores and that's how the fungus spreads by taking over a host using it until it perishes and then using this body as food for the fungus to produce more spores and keep going. It sounds like something out of sci-fi, but it is completely legit. If this ever crossed over into humans, we would be so screwed. <laughs> so, because mushrooms yep. ain't hard, ain't easy to kill. So, and that's why you'll never hear either one of us refer to these as zombies because they are not zombies. They are not dead creatures that have been brought back to life. They are infected yeah. individuals. Yeah, they are not slow walkers. This ain't the Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they don't walk slow at all. <laughs> no, they're scary as hell, and we will get into that. And uh, there's so many moments in the game where it's just you and you know maybe three or four shots and a pistol, and you've got to be quiet because you can't kill all these things. Uh, if you make too much noise or walk over some glass or you know walk in the water or something like that, they'll hear you and they will come get you. And it's so good. I cannot wait to talk about how difficult and how strategic it is to play this game on grounded difficulty. Because this, the uh, prologue is the exact same on every single difficulty. There's no changes. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, it hasn't even really affected us. And in chapter one, there's not that much either. But I cannot wait to talk about it. Yep. This game is amazing. And as you said, if you are still listening and you have not played this game, what are you doing? Yeah, go buy a PlayStation if you don't have one. Yep, or just go steal your friends. <laughs> or if you have a PC, you can play it on. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to PlayStation Now for ten dollars a month, and you can play it on your PC. You do have to have a controller, though. It's crazy That's that I can do that now. I know, it's pretty cool. Now, if you have a PC, you can play Xbox Game Pass, and you can play PS uh, Now. I mean, you don't get all of the games libraries on that, but you get a lot of them. Yeah, cool. You do get a lot of them, and I vouch for PS Now. I've got it. Uh, I really like it. Yeah, I have it too. It's pretty cool. 
Now, one thing that I will say about that is that that pretty much eliminates anything called an Xbox exclusive. It doesn't have any Xbox exclusive games now because they're all on Windows. So that's one thing that PlayStation will always have over anybody else. And Nintendo. Nintendo has a lot of first-party exclusives. More than more than PlayStation, for sure. Yep. You don't have a Switch, do you? I do have a Switch. I, I, Dude, I think you got to send me your friend code. Yeah, my daughter has a Switch. So, uh, oh. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'm allowed to play on it. <laughs> I do need to give. I would hope so. I need to give 24 hours notice, but I am allowed to play on it. So, I mean, when I have to let her play Minecraft on my PS4, though. <laughs> oh yeah, compromise. Yeah, compromise. So, which by the way, I saw my first Enderman for the first time in Minecraft the other day, and I'm not gonna lie, that scared the freaking hell out of me. <laughs> so, I don't know what you're talking about. It's good for you. I never played Minecraft. Yeah, I didn't either. And <laughs> like seriously, like two days ago, first time, and my daughter's like, "Oh, this is no big deal." I'm like, "Oh my god, what is that?" <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but your daughter's a badass, though. She's a scary badass. <laughs> That's pretty much gonna do it for us, man. Um, now this is something you might not know, and that the listeners definitely don't know yet. But at the end of our, I'm predicting 12 episodes of The Last of Us. At the end of our 12 episodes, I'm gonna be giving away a copy of Horizon Zero Dawn, a digital copy. Ooh, nice. So I've got a 12-digit code for someone out there. I don't know how I'm gonna commence this giveaway. I don't know what you're gonna have to do to earn it, but uh, it's gonna happen. Should be fun. There you go. So it's an excellent game. I beat that really liked it yeah I've also got a digital copy of God of War to give away at some point but not during The Last of Us it's only going to be Horizon Zero Dawn I'm going to hold on to that one for a little bit God of War maybe during Uncharted you are not ready boy that was pretty good yeah alright we gotta wrap this up guys we appreciate you guys listening definitely tune in every Friday for the next maybe 12 maybe 13 Fridays we're gonna be uploading our uh, The Last of Us episodes on Fridays and then um, we're gonna be doing Monday releases for uh, the uh, Lord of the Rings which is what we're starting uh, this coming week MCU's wrapped up go back and listen to all those where we have every single movie in the MCU we have good breakdowns talking about the differences between the comic books and the movies and everything else that you would possibly want to hear about this movie and we're going to keep trucking a lot along and uh, we're going to appreciate you guys follow us on twitter do your thing peace out